My name is John Clark. I'm a licensed therapist, group practice owner, and a guide for therapists in private practice. I help therapists fill the empty slots on their calendar and build a better business without all the overwhelm. I'm so glad that you are here today. Do me a quick favor and rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you are listening. All right, let's dive in. Okay. Hi, everyone. This is Elizabeth Tullis here again on the podcast. Um, I'm really excited today to introduce our guest. Um, We have Dr. Christy Kadarian on the podcast today. Dr. Christy is a nationally renowned relationship expert who specializes in helping clients create lives they love and find love they deserve. She currently owns her own business as a therapist, is a business consultant, life coach, dating coaching consultant, consultant, speaker and group facilitator, and course creator. So she does a lot of different things. Um, so thanks for joining us today, Christy. I'm excited to get to talk. Thanks so much for having me, Elizabeth. I can't wait. Of course. Uh, well, I'm excited to get to chat today because I think a lot of therapists, myself included, can really struggle with just navigating how to go about getting creative with our career, our degree, really pursuing multiple interests and passions while being profitable at the same time. Um, And I know this is a topic that I want to know more about what other therapists want to know more about as well. Um, But before we kind of dive in and get started, Chrissy, could you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. And this is a topic I'm so passionate about because it's really been so, um, you know, present in my journey, exactly what you mentioned, kind of uh, struggling and also creating opportunities and learning how to overcome some of those obstacles that came in the way of, okay, I know I'm a therapist and maybe I should be doing this or kind of listening to the boxes or limitations maybe from other people in the field versus kind of, um, you know, paving my own way and going um, in my own path, but that's really what's led to that fulfillment for me. So I started, uh, my career, um, in therapy. Um, basically I had always been the kid that, you know, loved people. Um, once I got into adolescence, I was like fascinated by relationships and, um, you know, what makes people like each other, what brings them into relationship with each other. So I wanted to study psychology. Um, and I did in my undergrad, about the last semester, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with that. Um, but I took a course in marriage and family therapy and started doing research um, at the lab at USC where I went to school. And I learned a lot about uh, what I studied was pursuer distancer patterns, like what makes us attach and connect to people and then what makes us kind of come away from attachment. So once I really learned about marriage and family therapy, it made so much sense to me, both culturally, my community, I'm Armenian, and um, my faith background as a Christian, I just saw the way that the family unit really influenced you know, me, my own identity as a person, and how it could really influence. And I believe we're all relational beings. So just is so part of everything that we do. So uh, that paved the way to getting my master's in marriage and family therapy. And basically, um, when I graduated, I applied, I was cold calling places because I wasn't really uh, geographically near any place to do my 
um, associate training is what they call it now, but back then it was an internship. So I called a few treatment centers. Someone told me, oh, it's a good place to get your hours. So I've called a few treatment centers and I applied to be like a group facilitator, a therapist. Um, and I, the place that I applied is called Reasons Eating Disorder Center, my first job. They said, you know, you'd be a great therapist. We can give you some hours for groups. Um, we'd be interested in hiring you to do marketing. And I was like, marketing? I never, <laughs> never heard of that. In my, you know, I never took a business class in my life. I'd always been, you know, in my psych little bubble. I was like, I don't have any experience or training, but they told me what the salary was. And it was like double what I would have gotten as just a therapist. And it was basically just kind of meeting people, which I loved doing, um, going to conferences, which I love learning. And so I took the job. And what that really started is this um, it opened up the opportunities for me within this field. I started to learn like, okay, in grad school, it felt like we got to just get our hours, do all the client work. And then we just kind of keep following that train. But by doing it, and I got my hours a little bit slower than other people because I was kind of doing both things, but it just opened up a whole new world for me of like, wow, I could do so many things as a therapist that are connected to my passions, my personality, because I've always been more extroverted. And I felt like that one-on-one -on -one work I really loved in some ways. And I also didn't see myself doing that all the time forever. Um, and I noticed how um, much I've learned about people through becoming a therapist can help impact so many different, um, you know, industries. And um, so you can do so many different things with it. So that kind of snowballed into the many different jobs I've had since then. Um, I did a lot of mental health marketing and I became a professional matchmaker at eHarmony um, as a therapist, but, you know, kind of related to, but not actual therapy work. Um, and started my, you know, business in coaching and I got my doctorate in organizational leadership. And I really wanted to do that to learn about how to apply these, you know, therapy and that world and my lens to business and industry. And now it's really inspired me to work with clinicians um, in order to kind of step into that role of, wow, like I, I'm really solid on my clinical skills. I learned that in school and I really want to grow into this leader in the world and in different industries, as well as potentially your own business. So that's kind of a long story short. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Even hearing you kind of go through your whole journey of it. So I'm like very much at the beginning phase of my journey as graduating a couple of years ago. Like I'm in my, you know, internship process mm -hmm. being a permit holder still. And yeah, I kind of dove into being a virtual assistant. So doing like marketing work for other therapists right. and doing, um, you know, blogs and podcasts and YouTube videos and just this whole other side of being a therapist. I had zero idea was even out there, even like therapists on Instagram and see them on social media. I was like blown away by how many different things you can do as a clinician. And I loved it. Like I I've learned so much about different ways you can create multiple streams of income or market yourself or use your talents, like what you were saying in so many different areas, because like what you were saying too, knowing about people, you can use that in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I relate to that as well. Of Just like sitting one-on-one, -on -one, you know, with a client is awesome and you learn those clinical skills, but figuring out that next step, if that's something you're interested in of, you know, the business side of things, the marketing side of things, um, is just not something that we learn and learning more about that is always something that I think therapists, um, can use. And so I'm super excited to ask you some of these questions because I know I'm going to be learning personally yeah. a lot of things and taking notes along the way for sure. So that's really cool. Um, 
So when it comes to being creative with building your therapy career, I think a lot of us, especially because we go into grad school, just, you know, learning how to be a clinician, learning how to sit with a patient, you know, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of us maybe don't think that we are creative, that we're entrepreneurial. I know the word therapreneur is a big thing now. Um, really, you know, enough to branch out and try new things and get creative with our careers. So what gave you like the courage to do that? What inspired you to do that? Um, and how did that, you know, kind of go into you building your career in the way that you've made it? Yeah, great question. So I, I think that just the huge clinical focus in our grad school obviously is important. If we had to switch it, I mean, that's the thing. We need the foundational skills. But I think oftentimes what it does is it really limits our thinking. So I know when I was in grad school, it was like, okay, you either go into private practice or you go work in an agency. And like, those are the two career trajectories. And for me, I felt like, oh, okay, I'll go into private practice. Um, and that will be like, you know, I'll just have clients come to me and it'll all work out. But when you actually go into the real world and you see how industries work, you know, we're a business just like anything else is a business. And I think that sometimes that gets lost and we feel like if we're operating as a business or we're trying to think, you know, as a therapeneur or we're trying to just, you know, make more income. And, you know, this is a big topic just in general with in our field around, um, you know, fair pay and making livable wages in connection to how many student how much student loans we have and all of these things it's it kind of limits us it makes us think this is selfish to want to you know have a job or create another income stream just for money or whatever that we're, we're somehow not doing in things for the right reasons or you don't have the right motivation and that's just completely wrong you know um i think that we can really and sometimes it could be healthy to have an outlet a creative outlet um, and just as a hobby and not necessarily make in income from it. But I think in so many ways, we have these skills that we can um, pursue and develop that in no way is it going to take away from your work as a clinician. I think it often enhances that because you're coming into your work as a whole person that's being fulfilled and feeling purposeful in the many different ways. You're not saying, oh, okay, I just have to do this in service of my clients. That ends up becoming kind of codependent. And as, us as therapists, we can kind of fall into that helper role really easily rather than saying, how can I do something that helps me and also like impact the world. And um, especially with students or um, associates and interns, um, I think this is such an important thing to look into because you're really setting up this foundation that is going to last a long time. It's not just, okay, I'm going to get my hours. If you start creating um, these income streams or these ideas and you put them into life right now where you are, then you're going to be so much better at that. It's amazing when you get licensed, but it's also a little bit anticlimactic from a business standpoint because your business doesn't just kind of happen when you get licensed. You have to kind of do that work and get that experience. Which, but it sounds like that what you're doing is so great because you kind of see the inside of what it takes to like any business you need marketing, you need sales in some way, you need to deliver the service. So we have, we're just focusing on delivering the service. We're not thinking about how to build and actually help more people in those little ways too. Yeah. I think that's something we talk a lot about. I know on the podcast and just in private practice workshop in general is so many times, right? Like we're helpers or in the helping profession. We, we, you know, think about other people, maybe before ourselves, more often maybe than we even should, right? So um, having that mindset going in where we're thinking like in that business mode or when we're able to be like, this is a business. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is about helping people, but it's also 
my income or, you know, how do I create a sustainable income? That's a question like everybody, you know, has to ask themselves. And so, yeah, I love what you were saying about how it is a business and we have Mm -hmm. to treat it that way. And it doesn't mean you're selfish. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're making it into something that is different than maybe what you went into the field Mm -hmm. for. Um, yeah, no, I really like that. Do you have, so let's say someone's just starting out and, you know, wanting to eventually be able to get creative with their career and, you know, have multiple streams of income and kind of, you know, start early. Do you have any like practical tools or steps or advice you would give like someone who's new kind of wanting to get there one day? Yeah. So I totally agree with what you just said. I think that we have to um, first really understand what the business of therapy kind of looks like. And specifically for you, just to start out, I would do like visioning exercise um, or just kind of brainstorm, like what would my ideal life look like? And um, in my opinion, people think that if you're doing other things for income, that's taking away from your work as a clinician. But I think to have other streams of income and then just kind of allow the therapy work to be something that you do, but maybe isn't your primary way of income, I think actually can make you a better clinician because you're not like, oh, if this client doesn't show up, my lights don't turn on. You're like creating that opportunity to be present for that work and not feel that pressure. Um, so I would say first, just kind of have that visioning um, space. What How I work with my clients is to really Uh, hone in on your core values and what that looks like. There's um, different kind of templates of just looking at a bunch of values, seeing which ones really align with you. So maybe it's like fun and, um, you know, like giving back service um, and, um, you know, creativity or what family. And then, so in each of those areas of your core values, what can you do to add into that and what maybe needs to go away? So if you kind of look at your core values and what your life and business looks like, and it doesn't align, then there's where we kind of have a problem. And the big temptation is, oh, I'll wait till I'm licensed to do that. But really, that's not what we should be thinking if you're an associate, or even if you are in your own practice, like, okay, I'll wait till I hit this level. It's going to be that consistent, like, okay, when this happens, then this happens. And the when then thinking is just not (laughs) going to work with us. So we have to start incorporating those little things now. So if one of your, um, you know, gifts and, you know, loves is art or something like that, like figuring out how you can incorporate that into your life. And maybe it's not connected to therapy or the therapy business right away. But you know, like you're doing if you're there's something like maybe you're you also have um, a degree in graphic design, and you want to design things in the online space. And you know, eventually, as a therapist, you want to be in the online space. Well, that's a great way to do something that's not, you know, actual therapy, but it's connected. And then it can help to build your business along the way and you're learning things along the way. So getting creative in that way, um, once you figure out your core values and a great way to do this is just kind of Googling um, different jobs that therapists have, um, or, you know, that therapists um, need. So in my business, for example, like a VA, I have a VA, um, I do coaching now. So I have a co-coach, um, someone in PR and I, I went to some in grad school with someone who had a background in PR. So like, connecting with, oh, okay, like therapists that write for different magazines, maybe they're journalists and they also like write in these columns. So seeing kind of what therapists are doing out there um, is a really great strategy because it can help you figure out, um, oh, actually I love teaching and eventually I want to do that. Is there something I can do connected to my program maybe that 
is like a student ambassador or something along those lines that then can help give you those skills to eventually build your practice. For me, when I did mental health marketing, I met like every therapist around. So when I opened my private practice, all of a sudden I had all these referrals because people knew me because that was part of my job initially. And so I was able to allow all of that to pave the way to my the career that I have now. Yeah, I, I love what you were saying about like incorporate things little by little and step by step and just learn about them. And I think you said earlier as well, like we graduate and there's, you know, it's very anticlimactic. It's not like, oh, here's your business. That doesn't yeah. <laughs> happen. And also that can feel really overwhelming too at the mm-hmm. same time where people are like, I have no idea how to do this. And mm-hmm. also I think what you said too, that I'm not licensed yet. That is like a super common mm-hmm. way. I think we kind of justify those fears of, I don't know what I'm doing and this mm-hmm. feels like a lot and maybe mm-hmm. I should just kind of stay in my lane over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of incorporating it little by little and it doesn't even necessarily have to be in the therapy realm yet. You can use that in the future, incorporate that in creative ways to, you know, have these different avenues that you're still using your degree in, which I think is such a good idea. And then it doesn't feel like this really overwhelming, you know, Mm -hmm. crazy thing that hits you once you finally graduate. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're there and then you're like, Oh wow. I have to focus on serving the clients and the business and the marketing all at one time. Like if you could kind of build some of some skills in in any of those categories, right away, then you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, with so many things, you know, that you do and you're a multi-passionate therapist doing a lot of different things with your degree, um, how do you do all of those things together? Um, how do you kind of like organize that and juggle all of those things at the same time? What's like a tips you have for that maybe, or how do you do that? Yeah, great question. So I think that one of the things I'm really passionate about and I teach therapists to do is first just become like the CEO of your business and your life, essentially. But uh, my formula is like a clinician plus CEO is um, a thriving therapist. And in my program, what I really teach is that first, like, okay, what are your strengths in your business and in your life? You know, a lot of therapists, most of them are not really strong in like the admin or like the, you know, legal stuff. And that can often be a huge hindrance to growing your business because you're afraid. And I've seen this a lot with therapists that want to become coaches. They think, oh, okay, well, I'm afraid of like the legal and ethical grad school does a good job scaring us all of that, but <laughs> really not as, it's really not as difficult to do things legally and ethically as we think it is. Um, so it's really getting to the nuts and bolts of what are my strengths? Who, if I, it's not a strength of mine, who can I delegate this to? Or what system can I learn to automate this thing? So those are um, a very common kind of graph to look at is like, okay, what do I love doing and I'm good at? What do I like doing, but I don't need to be doing it? What do I hate doing and I'm not good at? And what do I not like doing and I am good at? And that's where you can kind of plug in with those categories. You know, maybe you can hire someone to help you like a VA, or maybe there is a system already existing that helps you with the billing and whatever. Maybe I need to consult with a lawyer or accountant. It helps you really break it down so that it's not just all like, there's so much to do and I don't know how to do it. So that's one of the first things I did in my business to get really clear with myself as a CEO of like what I eventually wanted to be doing. In the beginning, you might not be able to hire somebody or whatever, but at least you have it organized in that way to say, okay, this is what I need to do. And then staying really organized. So something I do is time blocking. So I only see clients on certain days of the week. 
Um, and then I have a Mondays like as a CEO day just to organize everything. And then Fridays is a day that's pretty flexible as well. I do PR uh, podcast interviews like this one or other things just to kind of wrap things up. I'm usually seeing clients or doing groups on like Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, mostly Tuesday and Thursday, because I've cleared a lot of my um, things to my team now. So that gives me a lot of time to be creative, to do other things that are connected to the business or in growing the business helps you take, gets you out of doing, doing all the work and do it coming to that place of like, you're the visionary and you're leading where the business goes as practitioners we're the ones doing every part of our business. And ideally, you're going to get to that place. If you are a practitioner, then maybe you can outsource some of the business stuff. But you want to really take that leadership. And I really try to empower therapists to become leaders in that way of their own business and life. Yeah, I love that. I think a lot of times we we create a practice when we have, you know, this thing we work so hard to get together we it's hard to like let go of that mm-hmm. it's hard to like allow people in and you know and to really mm-hmm. trust that they can um you know do it maybe not as well as you maybe could mm-hmm. in some ways you think but like still be able to take over and i yeah. love what you're saying like empowering therapists to not do it alone like you don't mm-hmm. have to just do all of it you don't have to um you know wear all those hats all the mm-hmm. time and do the things you really hate doing and that you're not very good at you know and mm-hmm. really delegate those things out can be a really great way to feel like you have that space and to like what you said about organization, blocking off those times. Like I see clients on these days, but these two other days of the week, I can have vision. I can be creative. Cause I think, you know, getting our mindset in the right place can make such a big difference of like, what am I focusing on today? Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a therapist right now on these days and I can focus on clinical work, which is pretty Mm -hmm. different, you know, than being Mm -hmm. creative or doing some of those other things. And so I like that you kind of bookend those days off. I think that's really smart. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that therapist that hang, hang therapists up a lot is that, okay, when I reach this income goal, then I'll have time to kind of think about doing this other passive thing or doing this creative thing or whatever. But the problem with that is that you don't have enough time <laughs> in your schedule because you're seeing clients all day, every day for, you know, and sometimes that's just seasonal. Um, and sometimes it's like, okay, maybe I need to cut back in this area so I can maybe create a passive product that then um, you know, supplements that and I can be more present for my clients, not just keep getting more clients, burning myself out. Time, I think, is the most valuable resource for therapists because we don't have enough of that. We give a lot of that, but emotionally we need to you think of time as a more valuable resource than money sometimes because what you can do with that time can really help to create that foundation or longevity because you know, therapists and burnout is a huge problem. So we have to think long term. Yeah. And I like what you were saying too, of, you know, ways to prevent burnout from happening Mm -hmm. is to be able to get that time back, which I know, Mm -hmm. you know, you talk a lot about how to create, you know, passive streams of income, multiple streams of income to be able to maybe block off that Monday, Friday slot, Mm -hmm. right. And not have to feel like, oh, I have to see a client every single minute that I have Mm -hmm. open on my schedule. Um, and to that, like that relationship with the client, we don't want that to be codependent where it's like, I need you to show up so that I can like make my goals for the week. Mm -hmm. Um, so as far as, you know, like getting creative with multiple streams of income, creating a course or, you know, a guide or whatever it is, is there talking to therapists yourself? Do you feel like there's been like a roadblock that they have faced or a challenge that therapists have faced or that you face that have kind of gotten in the way of getting creative in those ways, like trying to create Mm -hmm. multiple streams of income? Yeah. So in addition to time, I think the second thing is kind of that legal piece that, um, you know, it's different in every state, but 
I really encourage therapists to start there. And I teach that in my group's programs just because it frees up this, oh, can I be doing this as a therapist? Is this what, like kind of all of those things. And that really provides you separating your businesses is kind of the, the key thing because you're able to have that freedom and that flexibility and creativity. If you wanted to create a course, if you wanted to do all these things, if you know, you know, or doing a group, I do group coaching, but I, you know, legally give them a consent, you know, this is not therapy, all of that stuff. So, so getting really clear on that, I think is the biggest roadblock and scares most people. But when you break it down, it's actually not that difficult. It's pretty simple, actually. Um, so I really encourage therapists to start there. And emotionally, that frees up a lot of opportunity and space. Then the second thing is getting in touch with your dip, gifts and kind of what you enjoy doing. So I had a uh, therapist in my group practice, you know, burnt out, but you know, she's licensed for many years, has so many skills. Um, one of her core gifts that we discovered was that she loves teaching. And so we, um, so she started, she created her own practice, group practice, um, and supervising. And, um, is also now looking into kind of more like real estate. She's like real estate a lot and like buying out her building, kind of creating a safe space and supervising. And that freed up a lot of her time. She's doing something she loves, which is teaching. She's using all of her skills, uh, from therapy that, you know, all her certifications and everything um, to give back in a different way. Um, but that created, created a passive income stream for her. Um, well, it's like slightly passive because she's still showing up for supervision, but for that hour, you know, it's not the same sort of training time for money. And once she has that, you know, the real estate, that will be a passive income stream as well for licensed therapists to rent the space. So we had, we got really in touch with what her core gift is that she feels like is not really happening in the therapy room. So um, then that's the kind of the first offshoot that you can say, okay, like I love doing this or I love speaking. I, I love um, like I'm a one-to-many person and then creating a speaking. I've done that with many clients, kind of um, a speaking a packet, a media packet to send out to different organizations and do trainings. And that's a big, you know, thing that we can do as therapists too. So it really comes down to what you love doing and finding out how you can do that in your area. Yeah. I, I love how it goes back to, you know, values and skills mm -hmm. and what do you want your life to look like? And kind of going back to what you were saying at the beginning of what really matters to you, what do you really love to do and how do you want to spend your time? And then using that as like a navigation tool towards what these things can look like. Totally. Um, Cause I think sometimes maybe we see other therapists like doing a course or doing this and we can start to think, Oh no, is that what I should be doing? Is that yeah. the way that I should be making multiple streams of income? Maybe you are just really not into something like mm -hmm. that though. And that's okay. Yeah. But I like what you're talking about of just, you know, think maybe more outside the box. What do you really like to do? I mean, the real yeah. estate thing, that's awesome. Like I wouldn't yeah. have even thought of that. Like things mm -hmm. like that are out there. And I love mm -hmm. that you don't have to look like maybe what other therapists around you totally like as well yeah yeah and i think that that's an amazing way to like really practice what we preach you know <laughs> in the therapy room to our clients um and holding that space for their authentic self to come out and allowing yourself to live like that as well um and i think the other the kind of roadblock that comes into play um what you know it's the like, like the legal logistic type business stuff it's the creativity and it's also the visibility piece. So that's something about for therapists. Sometimes it's tied to the legal stuff. Like we feel like, oh, I can't go on social media because, you know, whatever, my client's going to see me, that sort of thing. Um, but I think the visibility piece is really important because that's how people can initially connect to us. And that's changed so much. You know, um, when I entered this field, it was like psychology today and like maybe you had a website, probably not. Um, some, If you're an associate, you probably just have it through your practice. And now like, 
there's so many channels people can discover you, so many places it feels like you need to be. Um, but I usually recommend just kind of finding um, a place where you naturally like to hang out. So you go like on Instagram a lot or Facebook groups, like mental health groups, um, and and really practicing becoming visible. So it could just be like engaging with people, it could be expressing yourself in creative ways that align with the work that you do. And that's a way to kind of bring clients in could be an email list. Um, and so that visibility helps to get your message out. Um, again, from like the one to many space, sometimes people, and I, you know, teach my clients, like you're not a big, um, you know, you don't want to be on the camera. There's ways therapists do it beautifully, just like writing, um, and allowing their words to just be their whole (laughs) Instagram feed or whatever. So that I think it's also important to just be really authentic and what you normally like doing. If you hate the camera, you never take pictures of yourself. There's no picture in your phone of you, then maybe you want to kind of vlog or do something else. So there's so many outlets. There's not one right way to do it or one way that's going to be most successful. So it's just kind of tuning into yourself, what's most aligned and acting from that aligned place. That's what's going to lead to the most like, you know, fulfillment for you and just success for your business. Right. Yeah. And that, that sounds the most sustainable also at the same time, because where you naturally show up, right. It's like, for me, I I'm on Instagram as a therapist and that's just Mm -hmm. kind of where I naturally am, you know, like my generation, I feel like that's where we are on Instagram. And so it's very normal for me to get on there. And so having, um, an account on there feels very natural and very organic and I've been able to connect with people and it's been great. Um, but yeah, I love that of like, if that's just not your thing, don't, you don't have to force yourself into those spaces. There's so many other ways to still be visible, like through a blog post and people can see your words. And that's just as powerful, um, many times as, you know, something like Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have any sort of like mentor or multiple kind of throughout this process of building your career that Mm -hmm. got you to where you are today? And did they share like any wisdom with you that really stuck with you to help you? Great question. So I had several really amazing mentors that also kind of paved their own path and inspired me in many ways. And one of the things that um, one of my mentors told me pretty early on is that a lot of people are going to tell you like, this is the right way to kind of build your career, be a therapist. Um, but you have to really tune in in alignment. That's what I preach. Um, I experienced a lot of that. Like when I started doing matchmaking, um, I was in a group practice at the time and a lot of people were like, Oh, ha ha, you're being a matchmaker. Like it was, there was some judgment there of like, that's not as the, you know, the, the high standard is to be a clinician in private practice. And it was a, you know, psychoanalytically trained place. And, and so everything else felt like it was like cheaper work or less, um, you know, what they were doing. And her wisdom really stuck out to me because for, you know, that, um, experience really opened up so many doors for me to create my own methodology to help, you know, hundreds of people find love and led to my business and coaching therapists. Cause so through that visibility, so many therapists have me and said, how are you doing what you're doing? And that naturally evolved into my, uh, business as it is. So I feel like if I didn't, um, if I didn't kind of take that path, then I wouldn't, then I would have like, um, just really not been true to myself and kind of felt like I had to force myself into a private practice model that didn't align with me. Um, so that was one of the biggest things that I really learned. And the second thing, and this is what I teach clients is, um, creating a framework. And, um, one of my mentors that was a therapist turned life coach inspired me through her. She has a life coaching certification now. And, um, I teach therapists how to kind of hone in their 
um, expertise in a way that, you know, we all have so much wisdom and knowledge. We can create a framework that can help guide um, clients through a process and kind of um, like distribute that to the masses. So through a, through a group program, through a course, but really having that framework that's um, founded in research can be a really great way to empower therapists to really get their message across and help to organize their thought. We do so much in the therapy room, but we're often not organized about it. And then we can't kind of package it and help many, many people um, in, in that distribution of it. So I, that's one of the things that I really learned from her too. Yeah, I think that's something that was new for me, I guess, to hear even like a year ago of creating your own framework. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I knew that, you know, from other therapists because I was learning their theories, right? Yeah. And it's like this big thing that everyone knows about. Um, but yeah, I think that's so cool of like, what is my framework? What do I do? How can I almost package this in a way to where I can put everything together and kind of brand that as my thing, like my way of doing therapy and you can put that into content. You can sell that. And that's Mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's like we learn from all these, you know, big, you know, the (laughs) Jung's and the Freud's and the whatever, like, oh, I can't, I'm just using their thing. But then when we're actually in practice, we notice like, actually with this type of client, this tends to always be the thing that works for them. And so I'm going to integrate and also develop my own teaching around it too, based on all the experience we get, you know, as therapists. Yes. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing there too, and I know I've thought this way of like, oh, you know, maybe I'm again, like I'm not licensed yet. Maybe I don't know enough yet, but yeah, you can, like you, you do know, you like do have this wisdom and you have this knowledge of these theories. You've practiced them. You've worked with clients and you can, like you do have everything you need to be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. another piece of encouragement. If anyone exactly. out there is listening <laughs> that way, um, what is a like crucial early mistake you learned from? Yeah, <laughs> so many. I think for me, um, probably an early mistake while I was in my associate um, work was that I worked in some settings that I was getting really, you know, not underpaid or not paid. I know at the t- now a days, at least in my state, all associates have to get paid. Um, but just doing a lot of things just to get hours and now they're, you know, it's, it's illegal to do that. But, um, I learned a lot from that experience specifically around my money mindset and how much work I had to do now as a CEO and charging what I charge and really valuing myself as a therapist. And that's something that I learned from that kind of painful experience, working so many jobs, trying to like, you know, make an livable income, um, at the time that now I really have more of an unapologetic view around um, money and what, what it means and the energy and value that I provide to clients. And I, I, that pain I hope is being translated into like a really um, special purpose of helping therapists and empowering them, no matter what level of education that you are to not accept um, to what below what you're worth and, um, and yeah, not put up with those sorts of things. So yeah, and I know I'm thankful the industry has changed a lot, but that was, um, yeah, looking back, I'm like, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's big. And I think, you know, it can even maybe go back to that mindset a lot of us can have with being this like helper role of we don't maybe think that if someone, you know, wants to pay a lot less than maybe what we're worth, we kind of go with it because we're like, oh, I want to help. And I'm, you know, I'm here to do this. And you know, we are for sure, but yeah, I love what you're saying of you have to know your worth. And I think that's something that we're talking a lot more now as therapists mm-hmm. and being like, okay, no, we have to 
be more firm about this, but um, yeah, I think that's something that maybe more of us can struggle with because we do have that uh, mindset of wanting to bend, you know, more and help people. And we have to be a little bit more um, in the know of really what we're worth. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as long as, especially in certain situations, if you, if you are like investing in something that is giving you, um, you know, payoff and you're accepting a little bit lower of a fee, but you're getting something else from it, I think that's fine. But I think when you're kind of like forced into conditions, especially as associates, like you, you know, a lot more than a lot of people that are, you know, in the coaching industry or online doing things. And we're still kind of like, okay, this is acceptable to, you know, have this, you know, have this much um, college loans and then get paid this much. And so kind of, and that's one of the things I'm really passionate about with like creating these other income streams and using the internet to do that is that we don't have to, um, sit in that box and accept those limitations. We can find creative ways to, even if an industry or agency is, you know, kind of requiring something, we can carve our own path and not let that dictate like our future. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I feel like a lot of what we're kind of getting to in this is just like, don't just accept like staying like in that box of like what it's supposed to look like. Like it's okay to be creative, make mistakes, branch out, see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of, put yourself out there with these different areas. Um, we do have a question here in our little chat that I thought I would ask you from Michelle. Um, she said, hi, my name is Michelle and I'm super interested in psychology, but I live in a country where going to therapy is still very frowned upon. So I'm scared that I won't have a good career. Do you have any advice for me? Wow. Yeah, that's a great question. So I would probably see what, um, you know, starting from the first piece, like, um, logistically, like, is there another therapist or psychologist in your country? I know like when I went to, um, visit Armenia, my background's Armenian. They only had like a few psychiatrists or psychologists in like the whole country. Um, so I had gone to kind of do some mental health, um, work with an organization there. So I met the therapist that, you know, the existing psychologist to get an idea of like, okay, how do people um, go to therapy? Who goes to therapy? Who pays for it? Um, and and so maybe I would first do like an informational interview if you know any other, you know, or maybe Google whatever therapist or mental health person there is there. Um, maybe there's like a um, treatment type of place within a hospital, whatever it is, just kind of getting an idea of that. Um, second, I think you can look into, um, if you're interested in kind of pursuing a license, you can also look into um, coaching uh, as a potential way to work with people within your country, but also all over the world. Um, and so maybe kind of getting a degree in psychology and trying to get a license in a country that maybe doesn't give you a license or like you're only working with a certain type of person might not be the best path, but maybe doing like a life coaching certification um, that they have could be a helpful way to like really do pursue this path, p- career, but within like not as many limitations as that specific country. Um, would be in. And so you can look, you know, in the U.S., there's many people doing that. Um, You can look into a lot of different certifications based on who you enjoy working with, maybe your own personal, kind of what inspired you to go into, look into this field and then find a certification connected to that um, as well. But I think definitely follow. I mean, so many people, especially where you are, like need that support. So I would definitely, you know, not give up the need is there just because the you know, the demand is there just because the supply isn't being like as supported as a career. You might be the trailblazer there. 
Yeah, I love that question. I feel like that totally encapsulates what we were saying of um, getting creative. Yeah, and I think uh, like what you're saying too, just because the um, maybe there's like a stigma around it or it's not something that's very common there, it doesn't mean there's not a need for it. So finding those creative ways to still go about that, be passionate about it, don't be discouraged there. We have like that need for that everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that. Definitely yeah. get creative with it and yeah. be encouraged that. Um, yeah, and another piece it. of that too, that, um, you know, if you did like life coaching or something like that, connecting with businesses, because sometimes if countries don't really prioritize mental health, but they do prioritize productivity. And I'm sure within companies, there are people who are really, hurting and struggling with mental health and taking days off and all these things. So if you did that sort of partnership and helped with them, uh, you know, help to be like, Oh, I'm okay. I'm going to support and help employee productivity, all these things, then they're a lot more likely to have buy-in to getting that help um, and getting resources that can help their employees. So you can look into that sort of thing too. Yeah. I love that. Figuring out what they value and kind of being able to connect with that. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Cool. And guys, feel free to ask any other questions. I do have one more question for you though, Christy. Um, what are two go-to books that you feel like would be really helpful in terms of getting creative with your therapy career? Yeah. So one of the books, and this is like a, um, not therapy book, (laughs) um, but I, I really recommend it. It's helped me to frame so much in my own life as well as, um, like with my clients, it's called the 5am club. Um, by Robin Sharma. And he talks about just kind of like owning your greatness. You don't have to wake up at 5am, but you kind of creating like a a strategy to your day. Um, That's really revolutionized my business and specifically kind of getting in tune with myself and self-care on a different level, like completely elevated level. Um, So I really, really recommend that book. I think it's um, like, yeah, it's one of the best ones um, I've seen. And then another one that I recommend. It's also a little bit unconventional. Um, it's a book by the old, old timer book called, uh, think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. But I recommend this to therapists pretty frequently because, um, of kind of transitioning that money mindset work. Um, and what this book really talks about is like that mindset of, okay, like what does, what is money? What's the, what does it represent to me? you kind of look into that money story that you have of like, Oh, okay, well, I'm a therapist. So I went into the field because I don't care about money. And that makes me better. Oftentimes we think like, Oh, okay. Like that makes me um, less full of myself or less of an ego, but that's a different type of ego of like judgment. If, um, if you do, you do want to make money um, in the world, then you shouldn't be, um, you know, in this field or whatever it is. So kind of releasing yourself from some of those judgments, looking into your money story and having that like opportunity to say, okay, like sky's the limit. Um, and I'll give one more book. It's called The Big Leap. Um, it's by Gay Hendricks. And this book is also goes into um, what's called Upper Limits. I work with my clients a lot about around Upper Limits, but it's that like fear of what's holding us back. Oftentimes we feel like we're very afraid of failure, but really most times we're afraid of success and what that would mean. So part of this has to do with visibility also for therapists. Um, I struggled with this of like, oh, okay, if I went out there and talked about like making money or whatever, then therapists would like judge me <laughs> or so I didn't really want to be visible in my business or so I would, so therapists would message me like, hey, can you, you know, can you be my business consultant? 
and it would be all like hidden on DMs. And I finally like kind of broke that upper limit. I was like, no, you know, like so many people are needing this and I want to be of service. And it's kind of um, overcoming those fears and those limitations of that success and visibility to really be of service and help so many more people. Um, and we often have some money stories connected to that um, because of the fact that we um, like, you know, think that if I make a certain amount of money, then this might happen. Like maybe your family made a certain amount of money and then your parents got forced when because they were or something like that. And so we're kind of, we have to deconstruct that when we're creating our businesses because that will really limit us from the impact and income we want to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good, especially with the judgment piece of uh, sometimes we can judge, right? Other therapists of like, wow, you're really, you know, you're really trying to make money there. Mm -hmm. Or then we get so scared of people judging us on the flip side of that. Mm -hmm. Like, what are they going to think about me if I am a successful therapist? Mm -hmm. Like, am I really not all what I'm about anymore? And Mm -hmm. um, it's not true. You can help more people. And um, yeah, like the money story is a huge thing too, of like, what are my emotions that are tied with money? Why do I think that way? What's the narrative I have around that? Mm-hmm. Um, is really important to deconstruct. I think that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, before we go, I know you did mention a few things that you do and like things that you offer right mm-hmm. now. So how can people, um, know where they can find you and how can they connect with everything that you're doing right now? Yeah. So you can go to my Instagram page, um, the thriving therapist. And, um, it's my actual dating coach. Instagram page is the date Dr. Christie. Um, I just created a thriving therapist as a space for, uh, therapists that really want to are multi-passionate, want to create multiple income streams, pursuing multiple dreams and passions. And so that's where I'm starting to post content. I also have a freebie and I can um, give that to you in, in, in show notes that um, are the three to thrive. So I go into kind of the three steps to really become a thriving therapist. Um, and I have uh, workshops um, that I do as well as my coaching program, which is thriving therapist um, for therapists. I really want to kind of dish that burnout, create a sustainable um business model that helps you to stop trading time for money and really kind of create that framework, learn about becoming a CEO in your business and, you know, how to reach your ideal client. So, um, that's my coaching program and you can find that info, um, through my Instagram, through my website, drchristikadarian.com. And yeah, I think those are all the places. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. got a few of them. Um, we'll definitely put the, the books that Christy mentioned, but also the links to uh, everything she just mentioned as well in the show notes and also the description on YouTube. Um, but Christy, thank you so much for being here today. This was super informative and I know I learned a lot and I know other people will too. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much, Elizabeth. I love this conversation. Me too. Okay. Have a good one.